On the Sale Control Podcast, we look into the latest tech news and businesses, looking for any unique insights or unmet opportunities. This episode was recorded on October 3rd, 2021. Our topic for today, Apple and government hearings. All right, Johnny, time for another episode of Tech to Take. So, Johnny, let's start with what's the word? Our word association game where we will give one topic and then we'll come up with the word that comes to our mind when we hear it in the news and then talk about it. So, Johnny, in the news this week, we were confronted with the most important question of our time, which is, Johnny, what's Facebook going to do about Finsta? Oh, not inflation? No, no, Finsta. It's all about Finsta, Johnny. My own state's or home state Senator Richard Blumenthal further exemplified congressional inexperience with both technology and just simply how the youth of today are speaking. Now, this hilarious question and kind of exchange led to Internet commentators making and proposing equally hilarious questions and inquiries under the gauge of if, what if they were given in the past 30 years to other tech luminaries. Here are some examples that I saw, Johnny. So, Mr. Jobs, can kids get crunk using the iPhone? How about this one? (laughs) Mr. Page, there is a bipartisan council has found that teens are increasingly getting jiggy with it, with Google. (laughs) And finally, going back all the way to the early 90s. Now imagine if this came up in the monopoly trial of Microsoft, Mr. Gates. What is your current position on OPP? Are you up or down with OPP, Mr. Gates? We must know. Are you down with OPP? I think that might go over his head. <laughs> might go over his head. Do you, do you remember the old, uh, the old Bill Gates uh, mugshot with the gold chain? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would go over Bill Gates' head. Oh All he needed was the bucket cap, and he'd be L.O. <laughs> <laughs> All oh right, but Lord. All right, so, Johnny, congressional tech hearings. What's the word? Humiliating. Absolutely humiliating. Uh, for, for, not for the CEOs. For uh, not for the CEOs. <laughs> okay. All I right. mean, for some of them, maybe. We, we learned a little bit more about them than we needed to. But no, for Congress. For the U.S. government or the representatives of the U.S. government. Humiliating, right. I would say. All right. All right. Uh, Tell me, me more. Explain. Let me explain. Mm-hmm. So you have, it, and you know what? I can't even say you have the audacity. But let's just go with that. You have the audacity to bring someone to your chambers, haul them in for questioning, and you prove how inept you are at questioning. And this isn't your kind of -of run-of-the-mill Joe Schmo over here. This is the most powerful institution in the world, the representatives of the U.S. government. So you're telling me this set of people could not get any you know, ex-Silicon Valley, current Silicon Valley people to come, not to tell them what they should or shouldn't do, but just to answer basic questions. What we witnessed was really, really elementary questions being asked right. that anybody with access to the internet could find. But that's a good take. That's a good take. So, so my word, Johnny, is roadrunner. Here's what I mean by that. So, Johnny, you remember the old um, Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner, right? For everyone who you know hasn't had a childhood and doesn't know what I'm talking about, so Wiley Coyote is this genius coyote, or genius air quotes coyote, 
who spent his entire life trying to catch a fast roadrunner bird with an increasingly num of increasingly number of elaborate and faulty inventions and purchases that he gets from the Acme Corporation. Which, by the by, no monopoly trials for the Acme Corporation there. For all of their rockets, bombs, airplanes. They're a weapons manufacturer. I just realized the Acme Corporation shrink rays. At the start of every episode, everybody else knows how it's going to end. Except yep. for Coyote. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, Johnny, bring that back to these hearings. Robin Hood hearing. Right? So they trounced up Robin Hood in front of the public. They brought in those different hedge funds. They brought in a uh, big FN value. And what happened? Yeah. So some Congress Nothing. people said, they said, oh, we, we don't like pay for order flow. What happened with that? Is there a law of that? Is there a law no. making it through Congress, through Senate, no. through anything? Ro no. Robin Hood still makes a majority of their money that way. For all of the smoke that the congressmen thought they brought, there was no fire. To me, Johnny, this is just like that cartoon series. At the beginning of the show, we know that the Congress people, Wiley Coyote in this case, are going to come out looking foolish. The tech CEOs are basically another word I was thinking about was filibuster because the tech CEOs are just going to filibuster the entire darn time. They're not going to answer a single question because why would you answer any of those type of questions? I don't even know who it's for or what these people are getting out of it at this point. Uh, on either side, and it just feels like a very, very outdated cartoon series that's just gone on for too long and achieved nothing. Another week, another pointless hearing. What's our second topic for today, Johnny? All right. Moving to our second topic, we have Tim Apple. <clears throat> I mean, Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Okay. Okay. Is Tim Cook a Tim good Chef. CEO? Chef. All right. Yes. All right. So as we know, Tim Cook has been CEO of Apple for the past 10 years. He just uh, wrapped up that uh, uh, you know, decade-long anniversary uh, in August. We want to look at him holistically and ask, has Tim Cook been a good CEO for Apple? <clears throat> Take it away, Michael. Uh, all right. All right. Good question. Johnny, what is the definition of a CEO? According to Wikipedia, a CEO is charged with maximizing the value of a business. <clears throat> maximizing value, Johnny. And in there, we have an open shut case. So let's get, you were talking about some numbers. Let's go into those numbers. So Apple became the first trillion dollar company in modern history under Tim Cook's watch. Just by pure rankings, because remember, Johnny, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. By pure rankings, for the largest increase in market capitalization during the tenure of a CEO, Tim Cook is number one, beating out Nadella, Bezos, Pishai, Zuckerberg, Musk, Buffett, Pony, and Jack Ma. So in terms of the main charge of a CEO, aka maximizing the value of a business, Tim Cook's a good CEO. I hear you. I hear you. That's why I started with the numbers, because, you know, if you look at the numbers, numbers don't lie. Uh, he's had an astounding run. But, all right, enough of, of praising Tim Cook. Let's look at it from the other side. Apple's been an optimizer. Where's the Apple that excited you, Michael? I still remember watching when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone, how electric he was on stage as he announced three different products all rolled into one. You could feel the excitement in the room. 
something brand new, something people had never seen before, people couldn't even imagine. Where's that Apple? Pioneers of the personal computer, pioneers of the modern smartphone, and I'd say even pioneers of the tablet, which has been something that they've been trying since the, the 80s. Now, what do we get from Apple each year? Better cameras, bigger phones, thinner phones, fatter phones, better battery life. It's all predictable. Apple all used right. to thrive on being different. It's no longer different. All right, all right, Johnny, I, I hear you on this, and I thought you might go here. So when I was doing the research, I thought, I'm like, all right, what, what's, where's Johnny's take going to be? And Johnny, I think you're getting lost in the sauce here. You're getting lost in the marketing about Apple being different. So let's just go to something unique and new during the Tim Cook era. So, Johnny, you know what's the top-selling watch in the world right now? Is it, uh, is it a shiny Omega? as you Europeans would call it? Is it a Breitling? Is it a, is it a, is it a Roly? A Rolex? It's a bit quiet over there, Johnny. What's, do, do you know what's the best-selling watch? Listen, a quick Google search here points me to some, uh, some Rolexes, some Omegas. Uh -huh. I think uh -huh. those are on the luxury side, which uh -huh. as we all know, uh -huh. most people can't afford. Top-selling watch of... Every single uh -huh. year, heck, nearly of all time, uh -huh. is the Apple Watch. Apple Watches sell more than the entire Swatch group altogether. And, Johnny, for a reference on Swatch, you should know who they are. They own Eta, They own Tissot. They own Omega. They own all of those different watch brands, and Apple outsells them all. Now, who been big behind the Apple Watch? The innovations like AirPods, the AirPods Pro. And all of those different innovations of wireless connectivity, that was Tim Cook. In fact, I would say, yes, you can talk about their tablets, their iPhones, their screens, if you will. But Tim Cook, if anything, has been moving Apple away from the big screens and towards the wearables and, connect and connective devices. Name me another wireless headphone. Oh, Google? Samsung? What's it called? Uh, the Google. What's 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 their headphones called? Yeah, the Google. It's not called the Google. <laughs> it's with you all the time. It's and not you called can search the with it. It's not called the Google. What <laughs> is what is what's Samsung's wireless headphones called? Uh, buds. No, actually, uh, sorry. So it's, I think the Google's is actually called Pixel Buds. Uh -huh. Samsung, uh, the S Bud S yeah. something. Yeah, you have to think about it. And what's uh what's Samsung's a wearable, a wearable watch call. That doesn't exist in my universe. Exactly. So you can't think of it. Apple is out-innovated and outsold in those areas where other people have not. So what you're, you're talking about innovation? I'm seeing innovation here. The watch? Mm, okay. I, I, okay. I think that's just Apple building again on what... You see, Apple is still not in the post-iPhone period, okay? All the things that have been done since then have been just building upon the same thing, which is the iPhone, right? Hey, let's give you a smaller screen. Oh, we had one of the best wired earphones. Now let's just think of like, hey, I want to get rid of this wire management and let's do it in an elegant way. Again, an optimization of an existing product. The watch, I'd even argue, is an, is, is an optimization of an existing product. There was the Fitbits. There was a bunch of others that I, I don't even remember right now. The Jawbone. 
And Apple just looked at that and just said, hey, we can optimize. We can tie it to your phone. All right. All right, Johnny. I, I didn't want to go here. I didn't want to go right, here, Johnny, but I know. You can go. I know where I need to go. I know where I need to All go. Right. All right. So here's the big knock against Tim Cook. It's not anything he's done because as we show by numbers, he's great. By new products that have been industry-leading products, he's great. So let's get to the real crux of why anyone takes a shot at Tim Cook. It's very simple because his name, his last name is Cook, not Jobs. Let's look. Let's not speak ill of the dead, of course. Let's not speak ill of the great esteemed visionary and entrepreneur that is Steve Jobs. But let's look objectively. As he was a human being after all. Exactly. So, Johnny, when am I going to get the Apple TV? Uh, that was a Steve Jobs promise. That was not a good uh-huh. promise. Uh-huh. When am I going to... Exactly. When am I going to get this revolutionary in-home hardware device of the Apple TV or the Apple... Oh, you actually or, already have it. You actually have an Apple uh-huh. TV. It's a streaming service now. Exactly. It's exactly. Which Tim Cook took it, an idea listen. that didn't work and yeah. made it actually work. And let's now uh-huh. look at this iPhone for a quick sec. All right, innovation. All right, the fastest thing, the biggest, probably hands down, the most important invention of, or the most important product of the 21st century. Okay, so Johnny, could the iPhone be the iPhone of BlackBerry and Palm didn't exist first, one having a touchscreen, one being a smartphone? Was it the leap everyone thought it was? Blackberries had cameras, Blackberries had screens, Palm had touch phones iPhone just put it together. That's it. Apple has always been a follower in terms of the technologies. They wait, they wait, they wait until something's proven, and then they'll do it. I would actually argue that in the more modern age, Apple has actually been more risk-taking, more innovative, under Tim Cook, more willing to send out features that may not all the way be there ready, such as Face ID. Touch ID, anyone has done thumbprint before. IBM had that. Palm, everyone had that. Face ID, sure, a few other folks are trying, but Apple rolled it out in their mainline product. I'm not even, we haven't even discussed the desktop. The 2013 trash can that ended up in the trash can because they were like, oh, this is going to be innovative and and so and so and nothing happened. Fairly sure that was actually a Steve Jobs thing. That was a Johnny Ive thing. Uh, well, you know what? Johnny Ive reported to Tim Cook. Okay. <laughs> Listen, there was that. We're not even talking about the, the screw-ups that was the MacBook Pros with the whole touchscreen thing that they added that has gone nowhere. And now they're reverting magic, back. Magic track. Right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. My point is, uh, my point is, we've only been focusing on the iPhone and its mobile products, the tablets and, and the, the watches. There have been screw-ups from Apple. Apple has ignored its main original audience, right? Uh, not audience, it's consumers, mm-hmm. and has continued to until hopefully recently they've started to change things around. Remember the keyboard? The keyboard that they said was so innovative, and then they, they stuck out so butterfly? long until they finally the reverted back. The keyboard? Yes, the, the okay. useless butterfly right. keyboard. Johnny, right. I got... So there have been uh, some missteps. But hold on. But, uh, I got five words for you but, on that, Johnny. Oh, Johnny, got, I, Johnny, I got five words on you for all, all right. of that. Let, I'll hear this, and then I'll have my wrap-up. Yep. You're holding it wrong. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you, you, you've, you've really become an ice sheep, I see. All right. <laughs> now, here, here's, here's ultimately for me, I'm not comparing him to Tim Cook. Uh, 
comparing him to Tim Cook. I'm not comparing Tim Cook to Steve Jobs. They're ultimately very different people. And one of the last things, uh, one of the things that Steve Jobs was adamant about was don't compare yourself to me. Don't try to be like me. Do you, right? I put you in the CEO seat for a reason. Do you. Tim Cook became the CEO because he was Steve Jobs' trusted right hand. And he actually optimized their supply chain. And since then, that's been it, right? He's just been optimizing. It's been optimizing it to right? 4x its value. Is this, but is this really? Steve Jobs is a CEO. Back to the question. Steve Jobs is a CEO, failed once, failed twice with next. But, but no, no, no. I, is, is, okay, is this, is this yep. the future though? Is this, listen, Tim Cook is very good about how a product gets built. That's how they've gone to 4X their value. Well, this leads me to a different question. What type of CEO does Apple need next? Because it's not an optimizer. You need to get back to product innovation. Someone who has that hands-on focus on product. I think it's simple, Johnny. Apple needs a CEO that will get crunk. There you go. That's what <laughs> right. Tim Cook's been missing. There we go. All right. All right. So, Johnny, let's before we head out, let's take a look at our portfolios for this week. So, Shopify down 7%. Etsy down 8%. Alibaba actually didn't go down that far because I already bought it at pretty low. It was down 0.5%. So there we go. There's some positivity to make up for the fact that Square was down 8% for me. Okta was down 6% and PagerDuty was down 9%. Uh, how about yourself, Johnny, with your portfolio? Uh, Unity was at minus 11%. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, and then Mercado Libre was down 10%. The one ironic thing is that Silvergate is up 23%. But overall, I'm down 3.6% uh, this week. What I was able to read is that there's inflation fears taking place. Um, and then, of course, the continued Evergrande debacle that continues, right? There's fears that they're going to continue to miss another payment. So we'll see. But that, what's interesting, ironic, is I Tencent, like, just like your Alibaba, didn't go as, as down as I thought. It's actually holding steady. It might have actually go. gone up. Silver linings. Silver linings. Alrighty then. So, with that being said, you've been listening to another episode of the Silicon Control Podcast. Have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening.